Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. We are going to move on to enter into God's Word together and just explore that together. Uh, last week, we were in John chapter 15. Matt Von Stein was here, and, and he shared with us uh, through some verses near the end of John 15 where Jesus says to his disciples, the world has hated me, and so it's going to hate you too. Encouraging words, right? And, and Matt shared with us, though, he reminded us who Jesus was speaking to. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, And what he spoke to his disciples and what he invited them to was a new identity. That their identity didn't have to do anymore with what they put value in or where they found their worth before. They found their worth and their identity now as his disciples in their relationship with him. And and he gave them a new purpose. So they don't have to live their lives for themselves anymore. They just don't have to live their lives to just get as much as they want the way the world lives their lives. They live their lives as fishers of men. He sent them on mission to bear witness about him. We're going to see that in these verses coming up. And the last thing Matt talked about was he talked about the, the, the power that Jesus pointed to and through the person of the Holy Spirit. He, he said, Jesus did not leave. We are not alone, even in difficult circumstances, even if the world shows hatred for us and we experience that hatred, we are not alone. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, so now Jesus goes right on from here and he's going to explore what that means. What does that practically mean in our lives? Because it's good news that we're not alone, right? But, but it makes a difference who's with us. Do you know that? Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Uh, we, we like going out for a meal occasionally, not very often because it's expensive, right? But, but we like to take our family out for a meal. And, and so Rach and I and the, the three kids, we'll go, we'll go out to breakfast sometimes at a diner or something. And, and we get a chance to talk and have good food and just enjoy time together. And that's beautiful. And we're eating and we're not alone. That's a good thing. And then there, there's this one breakfast, though, that happens once a year. It's at the, we go to the beach and it's kind of this tradition. We go with Rach's folks, and, and they invite us. And, and you know the difference? We, we talk, and we laugh, and we enjoy a good meal together. You know the difference about that meal? They pick up the tab. <laughs> See, because it's good not to be alone, but it makes a difference who's with you. There's some resources in that breakfast that I didn't have access to and some other breakfast, Right? Or, or, or let me put it to you this way. I love my, my kids. My, my youngest daughter, she's eight years old. And she's really talkative and she smiles a lot. And, and I, I love taking walks with her because of those things. I just love being with her. So we're going to walk. But, but listen, if I was going to walk on a long, dark alley, I don't know that I'd want her with me. You might ask why I'm walking down a long, dark alley with my eight-year-old daughter. That's a parenting fail. But I don't know that I'd want her with me because if somebody some suspicious comes down the other way, somebody bigger, like, it's all on me. If I'm taking a walk down a long, dark alley, that, I might want somebody else with me. I want, my, want Mike with me. Y'all know Mike? 
Mike's out there. He's not here this morning. He's one of our constables. Stephen is out there this morning. We're just blessed by these Pennsylvania State constables that just, just are watchful on our behalf every single Sunday. I want, my, want Mike with me, though, because as we walk down that long, dark alley, he's, he's got a uniform, and he's got this vest with all these things that lock and load and zap and <laughs> defend. And, and walking down that log, long, dark alley, I, I might feel a little bit better walking down with him, right? Because it matters that I'm not alone, but it makes all the difference who I'm with. And, and that's what Jesus is going to show us this morning. Not just that we have someone with us, but what it means. He's going to show us what this guy is capable of. Because he's a person, remember? The Holy Spirit. So let's, let's dive into God's word. We're going to start actually back up just in the last few verses of chapter 15, verse 26. And we're going to read through part of 16. And it says this. Jesus says, But when the Helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness about me, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God, and they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may, may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away... The helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Would you bow with me in prayer one more time? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your words to us. I, I thank you that as you spoke these words to your disciples, you also had us in mind. And, and God, we just want to open ourselves and receive from your word this morning. And so I pray that you would just uh, engage our hearts and minds. If we're distracted in any way, remove those distractions. And, and God, just help us to listen well to what you would say to us this morning. Spirit, do a work inside of us to respond to your word that, that we might be disciples that listen well and follow well, doing what you say so that we might understand the truth of the abundant life that you offer to us, Jesus. That we might walk in that. We invite your word to have your way in its life, in, in our lives today. We ask this in your name, Jesus. 
Amen. So, in this passage, Jesus says three times that the Spirit's going to come. The Spirit of God will come and this is what he's going to do. The Spirit of God will come and this is how you're going to experience his work in your life three times. And so, we're just going to go through those three times this morning. And the first one is this. It's in chapter 15. It's verse 26. The first verses I read. And it says this. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. When the helper comes, when the Spirit comes, he will bear witness about me. See, we hear that second part. We're going to bear witness. And we've got to figure, okay, we're going to go out and bear witness. You know what has to happen first? The Spirit has to come and bear witness in our lives. So what's John saying to us here? Well, he's using this language, bear witness. It's kind of courtroom language, isn't it? Courtroom language. And in fact, this, this, what he, the, the title Jesus uses for the Spirit, helper, that word, it doesn't just mean helper. The Greek word that's used there also, some translations translate it advocate, some counselor like a legal counselor, someone who pleads on behalf of. That's what he's saying when he says helper. And so Jesus is using this courtroom language, and this is something we've seen through John. If you've been with us in our journey, Jesus is on trial all throughout the Gospel of John. And in fact, Jesus just said, what I've experienced from the world, you're going to experience. So I've been on trial, you're going to be on trial. And so this is really good news that a helper is going to come, someone who's going to plead on their behalf. What is he? He's going to bear witness. He's going to testify. That's good news because the people John is writing to right now, they're, they're, as John writes his gospel, they're going through some really hard times. They're being uh, accused of cannibalism because they take communion. They're being accused uh, of being a cult. They're just trying to follow Jesus, love each other well, and love others well. And they're being accused of atrocities that have nothing to do with what they're doing. And so the Spirit, Jesus says the Spirit is going to come and bear witness. That's great. What is he going to bear witness? Is he going to, is he going to tell everybody how great they are? Is he going to tell every, the, the, the world how wrong they are? Is he going to defend and say, oh, no, these accusations aren't real? No, he's going to bear witness about Jesus Christ. That's it. Bear, bear witness about Jesus Christ. Christ. You say, what good does that do? Well, it's, it's kind of like this. I think of it like this. You know, you imagine that maybe that courtroom movie with the, 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 the tense trial lawyers going at it, right? And near the end of the movie, there's that scene where the key witness is on, on the stand and, and the prosecuting attorney gets up and he asks that question, right? That question that's just completely out of left field. And it doesn't even get answered because the point wasn't to get the answer. The point was just to ask the question and distract everybody, make everybody doubt something about the case. But the question never gets answered. You know why? Because that defense attorney stands up and says, objection, irrelevant. No, 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 objection. This isn't what the case is about. This isn't what we need to spend our time on. We need to get focused back on what this is about. And so the Holy Spirit comes into our lives like that because John's people, the people he's writing to, are going through difficult times and accusations that they can't control, that are, that are just distracting, that they could get bound up about. And, and he says, the Spirit's going to come and just bear witness to Jesus. No, let's, let's focus back on all that. That's irrelevant. Let's just focus back on Jesus Christ. This is what matters. His truth, his work in our lives, this is what matters. Are we a distracted people today? 
Man, everything you see, every, every news story, every, the next rant on social media, the next argument of a coworker, we, we feel like we've got to enter into all these things. And, I, and gosh, so many of these things, we were talking about them this week, and Pastor Jeff said, I, I think so many of these things are distractions. They're distractions. Think about it. Over the last year and a half, how many conversations have you had about your opinion about mask mandates? How many conversations have you had about your opinion about Jesus Christ? I feel a little conviction about that. See, some of these things, so many of these things that come across our plate, they're distractions and the Spirit would come into our lives and say, listen, all of that, there's maybe a time and a place to have a conversation about that, but but at the end of the conversation, let's get back to what matters. It's the person and the work of Jesus Christ in our lives and it changes everything. We're gonna see that as we go on this morning, I hope. And so, so the first thing that the Spirit's gonna do is bear witness in our lives and then the next thing the Spirit's gonna do, we're gonna skip, we're gonna take these a little bit out of order. We're going to the last thing that Jesus mentions. He says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Ooh. Like I read that, I'm like, you mean, you mean Jesus has more to say than what's recorded in the Gospels? I wanna hear that. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Spirit's gonna tell it to you. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Anybody want to hear that? They're going to tell us about the future? Tell us what happens? This is stuff I want to hear. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So we hear this and we say, I want to hear the words of Jesus after, after he ascended. I want to hear new words uh, of Jesus. I want to hear things that the Spirit's going to reveal. I want to hear things about to come. Do you want to hear from the Spirit? You can. Congratulations. It's right here. But listen, <laughs> the fulfillment, one of the fulfillments, and we, we can't skip over this, one of the fulfillments of what Jesus is saying right here, Jesus has more things to say, but he can't tell them now. Because he hasn't gone to the cross yet, he hasn't risen again, and when he rises again, everything is going to change. They can't bear what he has to say now, but it's coming. The Spirit's going to communicate it, and there's even things about what's yet to come. And folks, that's why we have the last third of our Bible, because that's what the Spirit did. The Spirit spoke to the disciples and the apostles, and that's what we have in front of us today. We have access to that. Oh, and by the way, he's still speaking do you know that? Like as Jesus made these promises about the disciples, he was saying the Spirit will come and they were looking ahead. We look back nearly 2,000 years ago, the Spirit came and he's never left. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the living God, that dwells in you. And he is still speaking. He's still guiding us into all truth. He's still speaking about things to come. So, so listen, first this starts here. Because you say, I, I, I've read this. It's confusing. It's boring at times. I, I'm not getting some of that all truth. Why am I not getting that? Let me tell you about something in my own life. Because for, for the longest time, I, I think I approached the Bible wrong. And I think many of us uh, approach the Bible in the wrong way. See, we read it like it's a book. You say it is a book. It's a book. It's not just a book, though. It's not like any other book you're ever going to find anywhere. 
My parents used to, they, they subscribed to this magazine, Reader's Digest. I think it's still around. Reader's Digest, and you read it and you digest. <laughs> that's what you do with books. You read them and you digest them. You just take it in. You just receive it. That's it. Just soaking it in. That's, that's not what we do with the Word of God. It's not just digest. It's conversation. Because the word of God, you know what it says? The word of God is living and active. There is no other book you will ever find that is living and active. It's all dead words on a page. The, the, the word of God, the scripture is living and active. Do we encounter it that way? You say, how do I do that? How do I do that? Let me give you three words. This is, this is not an exhaustive list, but let me give you three things. Pray, you ask. Ex- ask, expect, and test. Ask, expect, and test. So do you want the word of God to actually come alive to you, the spirit to work through that? Have you asked? Are you asking or do you just open the, open the book and get to it and read it and are prepared to digest? We need to pray before we start. We need to start the conversation before we start the conversation. Does that make sense? We, we need to ask the Spirit to do what the Spirit does to guide us into all truth through this. You can do this. You know, let me just give you a simple way through Scripture. There's verses all over the place you could use just as a prayer. One of them is Psalm 119.36. Psalm 119.36 says this, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Pray that before you open the Word of God. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Because you know what? My heart has a bent. It has an inclination. It has a lean to it. And you know what it leans towards? It leans towards what I want and what's good for me and what's all about me. My heart has that bent. It has that inclination. And so before you open the word of God, I I need to pray, Lord, incline my heart. Give me a lean uh, away from self, away from me and towards your word towards what you're going to say. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Another, another good one is Psalm 119.18. I think that's it. 119.18. Open my, open my eyes that I may behold the wonders in your word. Open my eyes that I may behold the wonders in your word. God, when I look, when I open this, my eyes aren't always open. They're open, but they're not open. Like I read and I'm just reading words on a page. Open my eyes to what's really going on. There's wonders in here. There's wonders that people before us have said. Do you know, you could pick any verse in here and I bet there's billions and billions and billions of words that have been spoken and written and prayed and, and about that just one verse and I just read by it like there's nothing in there. I'm not getting anything out of that. Lord, open my eyes. There's wonders here. Are we asking? And are we expecting Are we expecting? The word of God tells us, scripture tells us that all of it is God-breathed and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and that it will equip the man or woman of God for every good work, that it will equip. Do we come to the word of God with expectation? I don't know what you're gonna say to me, God, but it's gonna equip me, it's gonna prepare me, it's gonna challenge me. For today, do we come with expectation? And, and do we test it? How do you test the word of God? You walk it out. You do what it says. Does this really work? I don't know, test it. 
Walk out the commands of Jesus and see how your life changes. See how your heart changes, your relationships change. You test the word of God and and you find it to be true. You find it to be true when you test it. So it's got to start here. That the, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. But it doesn't stop there. The, the spirit continues to speak to us. He speaks to us about things in our very day. He speaks to us also about things to come. I believe he'll do that. This is, this is where we need to get cautious, though. We need to be cautious because that's where we, how, how do we walk through that? We ask and we expect and we test. Same thing. The test part looks a little different. We'll get there. But we ask and we expect and we test. We ask the Spirit of the living God to keep speaking to us even after we close this book. And he'll, he'll remind us of the words, but he'll speak to us uh, about what's going on in our very lives. Do you know, I had this... I'm trying to think whether to go here or not. I guess I'll go here. I, how does this look? It can look a lot of different ways. But you ask, you expect, and you test. So, so I would be driving by myself and I would see people on the side of the road, walking on the side of the road and every once in a while I'd say, I ah, wonder if I should pick them up. I wonder if I should stop and pick them up. Probably not. And I'd just drive by them again and again and again for years. Not every time, but every, once in a while I'd get a sense maybe, maybe I should pick them up. Until one time I felt that prompting. So somebody walking, it was right through here, here through Shrewsbury, was walking by and I should go pick that person up. Just give them a ride where they're going. Uh, it didn't make any sense because I had just picked up Chinese food from my family and it was warm and I wanted to get home and I'm like, no, 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 I shouldn't pick them up. This doesn't make any sense at all. And I, I don't know that person. It could not be safe. By the way, you've got to walk through this wisely. I'm not recommending that all of you do this. But, but it's an active conversation with the Spirit. You get me? It's not a formula. But, but that particular night, I actually listened and I turned around and I opened the window to shout out to the person because at least this was the part that was going to feel good. Hey, you need a ride because <laughs> I'm a great guy and I'm here to give you a ride. And I said, hey, and the person said, hey, would you give me a ride? <laughs> okay, it's not, <laughs> thank you, Lord, it's not about me. <laughs> and, it, and it was a woman and then all these things start to fire from my head. It's dark and I'm giving a ride, I'm by myself and I'm giving a ride to a woman. This isn't going to look good. Like what, it's going to go on here. Trust, I trust you, Lord. As I, as I was trying to discern whether I should turn around or not, you know what I did? I asked. I said, Lord, is this from you? Is this from you? Should I? And I felt that prompting get heavier, so I turned around. And then, and then when I opened my mouth to invite the ride, the, the person said, give me a ride. Okay. That's some confirmation right there. I can expect an answer. The Spirit of God answered. And, and she got in my car, and she was visibly upset. I asked her where she was going, and was the ride it wasn't that far away just a few streets over. Evidently, the Lord still wanted the Chinese food to be warm. I don't know. And I, I don't know, and she started to share how she had just had the worst day. Like, she just lost her job. Her coworkers lied about her. She was swearing left and right because she was in this just place of turmoil. And, and I don't know how much of that story was true. Maybe she was making some, I don't, I don't care. God had put me in that place and her in that place and she was in a difficult place. I, let me tell you, I don't remember exactly what I said. I was able to tell her that God loved her even in this and saw her even in this. And I don't know what he's doing, but he's inviting her. And can, and can I pray with her? 
And let me tell you how the story didn't end. It did not end with the heavens opening up and a light shining down and her, her confessing all her sins and coming to Jesus. Because that's not the confirmation that the Spirit spoke. It was just present and listening by the grace of God because there's plenty of times I've just driven by. How many times do we drive by the Spirit's promptings and whatever they look like? Folks, you gotta ask. You gotta expect. Lord, I think I'm hearing from you. Is this from you? He's gonna confirm it. And times he won't. He's, at times he's gonna say, no, no, this isn't the moment. Go on by. And, and then we test. We begin to walk in that. At some point, if I gotta figure out whether that's the Lord speaking to me or just like my own guilt or whatever, I, gotta, I just got to follow it. I got to test it out. I got to walk it out. Okay, I'm going to pick this person up. The Lord said yes, and there it was. And do you know what happened? I, I began to discover just a little bit more to recognize the, the voice of the Spirit because I tested it. And it, and it didn't go against this. <laughs> in fact, it was in line with a lot of things Jesus said at that moment. And by the grace of God, he moved in it. Are you asking the Spirit to move in your day? Are you expecting Him to move? And are you testing it? Just walking in a moment by moment. And, and folks, we've got to be cautious because there's, there's other experts. The Lord might deposit things for you to say to other people, and He does this. He does this. I'm not going to go into any examples right now. I'll just say that He does this. Some of you might be familiar with expressions where, where they'll say, somebody will come to you and say, this is the word of the Lord. The Lord gave me a word for you, and here it is. And, and this is where I want to encourage caution. I, I don't know those people's hearts. I don't know their motivations. But, but to say those words, it, it can sound like we're making this equal with this. And it's not. The Spirit of God will speak to us. He will God. But test it against the Word of God. Because this, even what I'm saying to you right now, I'm teaching you the Word of God, trying to. My words are fallible. My motivations, not always pure. I'm imperfect. This word is not. So we've got to test the word of God. Ask, expect, test. And one other thing before we move on. I want to talk about that. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Oh, that sounds good. I want to know what's coming. And so does the spirit make revelations about the future? Yes. He does. Makes revelations to not all the time, not in every way. Makes revelations about what's going to happen in the future. He did it in this book. That's why we have the book of Revelation. God, God said, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ that those who follow him might know what is to come. But let's look at how he did it. See, we, we hear he's going to speak about things that are to come. All right, what's happening tomorrow? What's happening next year? Who's going to win that election? Who's gonna, what's going to happen with the market next month? When, when's the next natural disaster going to happen? And these, there's these specific events. I'm not saying the Spirit can't reveal that stuff. I'm just saying, what's our motivation in looking for that? Part of the way we test that is, do, the, do those things come true if we hear that from somebody? There's a lot of prophecies out there that don't come true. Part of the way we test that is, what's our motivation in looking for that? Why do we want to know what's to come? Do you know why I want to know what's to come sometimes? So I don't have to be afraid. So I know what's going to happen tomorrow, and I know things are going to work out the way I want them to work out. And folks, I don't think that's why the Spirit reveals what's to come. 
When he does reveal what's to come, I don't think that's why. Because do you know the title of the book of Revelation is not Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at this. The Spirit will declare to you the things that are to come. What's Jesus say? The next words he says, he will glorify me. Do you know the point of the book of Revelation is not to tell us everything, what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. It's to glorify Jesus Christ. It's to help, him tr- help us trust him more. And, and it's to build trust in us so that we know in the end, if we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to be okay. There's these signs in this store. We go to the beach. That these wood signs, like pallet wood signs, you've seen those, and they have verses and sayings on them. And there's one that always kind of cracked me up when I saw it. It says, spoiler alert, everything's going to be okay. And, and I think one reason the book of Revelation was given to us was to glorify Jesus Christ and to instill trust in us and to remind us not how everything's gonna happen, not exactly what it's gonna look like, but to remind us, listen, if you are in Jesus Christ, spoiler alert, everything's gonna be okay. There's a lot of horrific things, a lot of darkness, a lot of terrible things that are gonna go on. But if you're in Jesus Christ, everything's gonna be okay. And it, And so the last thing I want to go to is that third thing that Jesus talks about that the Spirit speaks to us. And here's what he says. John 16, verse 8, it says this, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, depending on how you read this, this could sound really good. (laughs) He's going to convict the world. Well, it's about time somebody did, right? Right? There's evil and darkness out there. The world is a messy place. There's some people who are really messed up. It's about time they had some accountability. It's about time they felt some conviction. In fact, you know, this is the Spirit's job. The Spirit's job convict the world. Don't you want to help them out a little bit? You want to help them out with conviction? If the Spirit's job is to convict a little world, can we help them, help them out a little bit and just help them out, help them out with convicting other people? Because I know some people who need conviction. I'm just going about God's business, convicting other people. Have you felt the Lord's conviction today? Let me, let me help you feel it. <laughs> but look at what Jesus says here. He will convict. It's not our job. Our job is not to convict other people. Our job, the only thing we're told in the whole passage of Scripture I read, the only thing we're told to do is bear witness to Jesus Christ. Our job is not to convict so, so what does this mean for us? Well, look at, let's look at who he's talking to. This, when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Who's Jesus talking about when he's talking about the world? He's talking about those who are living in rebellion to God. He's talking about those who ha- had a free choice between self and God and chose self. He's, he's talking about the world that's living in rebellion to him. He's t- it's the same world back in John 3.16 for God so loved what? The world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And, and you know, it, I don't know if you've heard messages on John 3.16 where a, a lot of messages I've heard, they tell us, you know, you, to, underst- to really understand the 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 love of God, you can replace that with your name. You can put your name right in there. For God so loved Ben. For God so loved you. 
that he gave his only begotten son. And I wonder if we can do it with that verse where you really want to understand the love of God. You really want to understand the work of the Spirit. Can we put our name in it? When he comes, he will convict Ben. He will convict you. See, this doesn't start with everybody else. This starts with you. It starts with me. We need the conviction of the Holy Spirit, conviction of sin. You say, well, I got that. I already believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know the Spirit doesn't stop convicting of sin? When we come to Jesus Christ, he still does it. He just says, that's great. You crossed from death to life. Now you recognize my voice. Now now the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can be about the business that they're about, shaping you into the person you were made to be. In his image, the Spirit doesn't stop convicting. And yet we run from this, don't we? We feel the conviction of the Spirit. We run from this. And we feel like, man, like we excuse and we defend ourselves. We get defensive and we point out, but what about everybody else? And we run from this conviction of the Holy Spirit. But it's godly conviction that brings us to repentance and we still need repentance, right, folks? And, and so I run from this instead of receiving the conviction of sin. And, and I think one of the reasons we're scared, like this is, this is what you've heard about everyday discipleship, right? And, and the, the next step for this is confessional, it's called confessional leadership training. To talk about living confessional lives together and how to do that in relationship with one another. How to come to each other and just say like, you know what? I'm not done yet. God's still working on me. This is difficult stuff. You know why it's difficult? You know why we get scared? Scripture says fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with punishment. Because as the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, he also convicts us of judgment. He also convicts us of of judgment. Do you know when a crime is committed and and when the person's found guilty, what happens? They're, They're sentenced. They're condemned. They're found guilty and then they're condemned. And in that sense, and that's what happens, and that, that's still the way it works. And there's a, there's a way we enjoy that, right? You, you watch a cop movie, or a, they're, they're on the track of a, a serial killer or a criminal. There, there's a way, and as we watch that, we're waiting for the end when they're finally going to put the cuffs on the bad guy. We're, we're, we want to see that end courtroom scene where, the, where the, they find the guy guilty and they throw the, the judge throws the book at him. We want to see that, and that's a godly sense of justice. We want, did you ever see a movie where the bad guy gets away? I saw this movie one time. It was, it, was, it was a slow movie, but I was on the edge of my seat the whole time because half of it follows the bad guy, half of it follows the, the detectives who are chasing him, and, and it goes back and forth, one and the other, and and you get to the end and the bad guy gets away with it. And there was just this knot in my stomach like, what was the point of that? Like, isn't there in that, in, in us? We don't want to see the bad guy get away. He can't. And it, I think that knot that we feel, that desire for justice that we feel, that's a godly desire for justice. And do you feel that as you look out of the world? Like you see darkness and evil all around us? See the horrors around us. There's hungry people in Africa or the atrocities of human trafficking. The next shooting spree. I mean, 
There's just evil all over the place. And isn't this, this not in our stomachs? Like, does God see? Does God care? Is he going to come and make this right? Listen to me. The Spirit of God came to convict us, to tell us something. You want to know what he says? He says the bad guy's not getting away with it. Listen to me. The bad guy isn't going to get away with it. The Spirit came to convict of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. He's not getting away with it. The ruler of this world is judged. He has been since Genesis 3. And the sentencing is ahead. Every evil, every sin will be judged, will be sentenced, will be made right. Every wrong will be made right. And, that, and that's not just Satan's, that's ours. That's ours. Like, our sin is still serious. Do you know that? Like, like we come to Jesus Christ and then we experience conviction and, and part of it is we kind of want to excuse ourselves. Well, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. This isn't, it's not that bad. This, this kind of, want, I was wandering a little bit. It's not, not as bad as what everybody else is. No, it's still sin. You know the sentence for that sin? It's still death. It's, it's still serious. The Holy Spirit convicts us of, uh, of sin and of judgment. Do you know that the difference is the, the Holy Spirit also convicts of righteousness. See, the Holy Spirit convicts of, uh, of sin, that, that, that we're guilty. And right after that, there's sentence and there's, there's judgment. But the Holy Spirit convicts us that, that there's now something in between. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. And, and now the, the sentencing, the consequences, don't immediately follow the guilt the guilty verdict. Now, Jesus Christ stands in between. Because for all of us, the world was at a place where the book needed to be thrown at us. Rightfully so. We all deserved it. And Jesus Christ stood up and said, I'll take that. He stood up and said, I'll, I'll, I'll take that sin, I'll take that wrong, I'll take that harm on myself and I'll take it to the cross and I'll experience all of it and I will stand in between that guilty verdict and that judgment so that what? So that if you believe, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in him that he's the righteous one that you needed because you were guilty, if you believe that he's the righteous one that took on our shame, our guilt, our punishment, that, that judgment is no longer in our future, it's in our past. If you believe that he's your Lord and Savior, you will be saved, amen? amen? That's the work of Jesus Christ that the Spirit came to convict us of. And we're gonna celebrate that today through communion. You should have gotten one of these when you came in here. If not, you can raise your hand and there will be some, some others around to hand one out to you. It's in communion that we celebrate this work of Jesus Christ, the righteous one who died in our place, who took the, the shame and the sin that was deservedly ours and took it on himself, and then he rose again to new life so that we might have life, not judgment, but life. And, and it's through his work that the judgment of God has moved from our future to our past.
And, and here's what Paul says. Paul, Paul talks about celebrating the work of Jesus Christ through communion. But you know what he says first? He says, before you do this, examine yourselves. He says, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves before God, and I just want to give us an opportunity to do, th- to do that. Just for a few minutes before we take communion together. This is the work of the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us into all truth, and I want to give an opportunity for the Spirit to do that in your heart this morning. Be- because some of us m- might be in different places this morning. Some of us may be followers of Jesus Christ and have been for a long time and, and maybe what we need this morning is to be reminded that the Spirit still convicts us. He, he still convicts us of wrong and still convicts us of our wandering and we don't have to be scared of that anymore because of the work of Jesus Christ. We can embrace that. We can welcome it and say, yes, Jesus, bring that conviction into my life because I need it because you're not done with me yet. And I want you to complete the work that you started in me so we don't have to be scared of conviction anymore. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to invite in your own heart the Spirit to sit with you over these moments, the Spirit to speak over these moments to your own heart over the last day or the last week or the last couple weeks and say, Lord, what what do you need to convict me of? What, What area of my life do you need to show me that I'm living in darkness and I thought I was living in light? Reveal it to me so that I might walk in the light. You don't have to be scared of this. And listen, somebody, I, I don't want to assume <laughs> they're all in the same place. Some of us, you've maybe been going to church your whole life or this is your first time. And, and you might have heard of this Jesus Christ but not really known what it meant. You might have been experiencing shame and guilt in your life, but just trying to ignore it and work around it, and now you don't have to. And I want to invite you in this, to this moment to sit with the Spirit of God, maybe the first time, and recognize that, that Jesus Christ came for you because you needed a Savior, and he came to save you. And I invite you over this time to, to call on him as Savior and Lord, to say, I needed you, Jesus, and you came, and now you are the rightful Lord of my life, and I lay it all at your feet. And, 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 a, and a sense there's one, one other place somebody might be in is, is, is I talk about the spirit convicting of, of sin and of judgment. You might be in this place, and it's like, I know, I know what that's all about. Because even, even if you've been a Christ follower for years, there's this shame in there, this shame that can just follow us and be heaped on our shoulders and it drives us into the ground and we feel so bad for the things in our past or the things in our present that we can't get rid of that we know are not from God and we're just plagued with this guilt and every time we walk in here we see a bunch of happy smiling people and we're in this place of shame and guilt if they only knew like listen you don't have to be afraid anymore you need, you need to allow the Spirit in this moment to convict you that the, the righteous one, Jesus Christ, died in your place to take this, whatever this is, to take this on himself. You don't have to carry the weight of it anymore. Do you know that? So just invite the Spirit to speak righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ over your life in this moment. I just want to give us a few moments before we take communion. To do that, I'm going to be down front. I'm going to invite a few of our aftercare team up here. Sometimes 
you do this in your own heart and sometimes you need somebody else to walk through with you. If, if you need prayed for and want, want to pray with somebody in this moment, I would invite you to come up to one of us and allow us to, the, the honor of just sitting with you in this place of conviction. But let's examine ourselves before the Lord together and then we'll come back and take communion. Took up some bread in his hands and he, and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. He said, this is the judgment that was gonna come for you. I'm gonna take it on. I'm gonna receive that on myself so you don't have to. So the judgment that was coming in your future is now in your past. It was put on a cross 2,000 years ago as Jesus received our punishment and his body was broken for you. Let's take this with an awareness of what it means. And Jesus also took the cup. And, and he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. This wine is my blood which is poured out for you, but it wasn't, it wasn't just about the cross though. He said, this wine is my, my blood that's poured out. It's the it's the wine of the new covenant. Blood of the new covenant, the new, new agreement between you and God so that if you believe in me and trust in me, there is new life. New life and new relationship with God for you. And, and then Jesus Christ went to the cross and died, was buried in a tomb and rose three days later to prove it. To prove that there's now life on the other side of judgment for us, that he took our judgment and the righteous one offers us righteousness in him, offers us abundant life in him. This is the wine of the new covenant. The blood of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Take, let's take this with an awareness of what it means. Jesus, we thank you for your finished work on the cross. And we thank you that you rose again to tell us what it means, to tell us not just that our sin is taken away, but that new life is available to us. And God, you now stand at the, Jesus, you now stand at the right hand of the Father. You intercede for us. You go before God and you ask on our behalf, even as the Spirit is here, speaking on your behalf to us, bearing witness to who you are, Jesus. We thank you for that spirit. We invite that spirit to invade our, our minds and hearts today and every day with an awareness of the truth of who you are and, and the work that you long to do in our lives. Spirit, we're listening. Speak to us. And we ask that we might see that you are Lord of our lives and King. And we, give, we call you worthy. We give you honor. We give you praise. For Jesus, you were once crucified on a cross, but now you're risen again and enthroned in heaven. And every knee and every tongue will confess that you are Lord, but today our, our knees and our lips are going to confess that. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.